Centuries from now, almost all humans have lost the ability to see. Some say sight was taken from them by God to heal the earth. For the few who remain, vision is only a myth. But after so many years, the power of sight has returned. What is it? Something's different. The children, they have the ability to see. My children, they have a power that we would call magical or evil. We must protect them. For centuries, we feared this day would come. The evil of light once almost destroyed the world. And now it has returned. Find the children who can see and bring them to me. Zambetti. I'm a casting director. Uh, where am I? I'm in Los Angeles today, and I cast for TV, film, video, video games. In fact, last night I was honored as a nominee for Best Casting Director of the Year in the video game genre. Uh, I didn't win, but I was just so thrilled to be nominated with the big, heavy-hitting powerhouses um, that I was nominated with. Ivy Eisenberg won, and she's just a legend in the business. So anyway, I got to get all dressed up and walk the red carpet, and it was just tons of fun. But I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about a very important issue with my wingman, the thunder from down under, Dini Weenie. Say hi. Howdy, folks. Greetings from down under. Lovely to be here and uh, and back on the airwaves, so to speak. So, Dean, I'm going to mention two films to you that I've been thinking about in our run-up to talking to our two extraordinary guests today. I've been thinking about the film Wait Until Dark. You know that film? <laughs> yes. And course, also Dancer in the Dark. So Wait Until Dark stars Aubrey Hepburn and Alan Arkin, and it's just a classic um, thriller um, from I think it was 1967 when it was filmed and it's a terrifying story about a woman who's blind played by Aubrey Hepburn uh, and then Dancer in the Dark Lars von Trier at his von Trieriest I mean it is such a disturbing film but it's a film that I love that stars Bjork and um, just an incredible cast uh in that film as well, where she plays a, a heavily um, visually impaired woman who terrible things happen to. And, you know, Dean, as much as I love those two films, I mean, and I admire them, but, you know, we're in an age where we need to do some deeper thinking about authenticity and representation when telling stories about communities, any community, um, whether it's using real actors who are really deaf in CODA or using actors who are really blind or really sight impaired in other projects. And I have two amazing guests joining me today to talk about that, to tell their stories and their perspectives um, about what that is like. I want to turn to my first guest, uh, James, to introduce yourself, please. Oh, boy. <laughs> Always <laughs> when you introduce yourself, you're like, oh, boy. Um, hi, guys. Uh, James Imikis. Um I've known Lisa for many years. Uh, she casts me on Criminal Minds, uh, played a psychopath. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice to nice to chew into that instead of being the boy next door like I always was. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm an actor and uh, I've been in this business for many years. And and like the discussion, I, I am visually impaired. I have low vision. I was diagnosed a couple of years ago, back in 2018. And uh you know, like many who are diagnosed later in life, it's it's both uh, a relief and and traumatizing at the same yeah. time. 
Yeah. So, so yes. Yeah, so as James said, yeah, I've known him for a really long time. Cast him on Criminal Minds as the most baby-faced psychopath you've ever seen in your <laughs> life. But you, but James had just a, a very busy career. You know, guest star after guest star, Grey's Anatomy. I mean, his his credits are just a mile long, and and he was always cast as kind of the baby-faced, sweetie, cutie, patootie, and made his bones on that. And then, so not only are you, you know, kind of aging out of that, obviously, as you grow older and transitioning out of that and becoming a, a father in your own right, but you're also having this major change in your in your sight ability. And and so tell us what happened and and then how you met our other guests that we have waiting in the wings. Yes. Well, yeah, I, you know, it's it's very confusing because getting a diagnosis isn't easy. Uh, and for many, especially for lots of people who don't have access to, to the kind of care that you need to, to figure that out. And luckily, I live in a so uh, it's, it's a big city. I think it's called Los Angeles. And um <laughs> And I, uh, I, you know, for, for years I, I would see specialists and then finally I, I, I found myself, uh, getting, getting tested. I, I went through an organization called the foundation fighting blindness and they paid for my, uh, genetic testing, which is wonderful, uh, wonderful program. And so I, I, I got the diagnosis and, and I was of course relieved, uh, to know that I wasn't going crazy. And, mm. but then, you know, I, I was, I just started looking, I was like, I can't be the only person. I can't be this only person who's in this industry, who's, this is happening to, I wanted to talk to another actor. And, and so I, I was looking around and then I, you know, I did the Googles and of course I come across Marilee and I was like, Whoa. And I, I started watching her stuff. And I was blown away. She's, she was so good. I saw that she was trained, a trained actor. And I was like, man, I, I'm just going to try and reach out to her. And I found her email and I emailed her and she wrote me back. And it was kind of funny because like uh, we, I remember we was having a, a phone discussion and I think it might've been in like October of 2019. And she <laughs> She was like, well, funny that you should call me now because in like a few weeks, we're going to be starting uh, a, a six-week workshop uh, for blind and visually impaired actors only. And I was, I was floored and I, 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 I had to pinch myself. And so, of course, I, 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 I jumped straight ahead into it. Mm. So without further ado, why don't we introduce our other guest, Marilee Talkington. Please say hello. Hello. More. <laughs> and other things. Um, hi, everyone. Yes. Hi, everyone. A, a, yeah. a lady of few words, folks. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, until you get to know me. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Marilee Talkington, and um, I'm, well, I'm delighted to be here, and I'm delighted to be actually on this with James, because I think that our experiences, although we both uh, have um, vision loss, are very, very different. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I think throughout this podcast, it might be very interesting to see where our, our experiences um, align and where they diverge. Because one of the things that happens is that especially in the industry, you start, you, oh, and, and actually let's, let's go back. I'm going to go back a second. It's not sight impaired. Let's just talk about sure. language first. Thank you. Yes. So Please. yeah, Thanks let's talk about language first. Um, identifiers blind, great, legally blind. Great. For those that are legally blind, low vision. Great. Some people identify as visually impaired as well. We don't really say sight impaired. Okay. Thank you. Great. Yeah, no problem. Um, clearly I do advocacy work and activism work. So I and what's I the difference? This. Why can't, why is it better to say visually impaired than sight impaired? It's, it, it's you know, it's just a, a, a phrase that we, that you have ownership over. We you have feel ownership like, over. Sure. Okay. And what's interesting too, is I don't actually use the, the phrase visually impaired anymore. Um, because it implies deficit mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. It also implies for me, visually impaired is how I used to see before I became legally blind. Mm -hmm. So now I identify as legally blind or I'll say blind low vision. This is all very personal preference. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I don't, I don't actually identify as visually impaired anymore. I don't, I just don't use those terms. 
but anyway, I'm an actor. I've been acting. I took my first acting class in 95, mm-hmm. 1995. Did a lot of stage, a lot of stage work, directed, wrote, video designed, movement choreography, stunt choreography. And so when I say that, sometimes people are like, wait, I thought you just said you're legally blind. And I'm like, yes, that's right. I was born with something called rod cone dystrophy. And the name of it has changed over time. When I had when when I was born, people thought I had macular degeneration, which I didn't. Then they called it cone dystrophy. Then they called it cone rod dystrophy. Then they called it rod cone dystrophy. And to me, actually, the the name of it doesn't so much matter to me um, as much as just my experience mm-hmm. of what it is to live in my body. My mom is blind. I have what she has. It's degenerative. So I was born totally blind centrally. I've never had central vision. Um, and that's that vision that's straight ahead. When you're looking straight ahead, right in the center, that's your central vision. And I've been losing my peripheral vision throughout my life. So this is similar to what James has, and, and I'm right. sure he'll, he'll talk about it, right? Partially colorblind, extremely sensitive to light. Yep. Um, it's very, very similar. It's all about to do with the macula, right? The cones and rods. So, so one of the other, one of the differences is that I've always had vision loss mm. in my career. So, and, and I want to point out, it's very interesting. James had a huge career and then he started experiencing vision loss. Right. I always had vision loss, which means that from the very beginning of my experience entering this industry, I faced discrimination. I faced uh, barriers. I faced belief systems that I didn't belong. So that, so, so to build that huge resume has been very, very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. So there's different privileges. There's, there's mm-hmm. um, assets and deficits to, to folks who are disabled that enter the industry already disabled and folks who have a career in the industry and then become disabled. Mm. It's a very, very different experience. Absolutely. I'm sure. I'm sure. So anyway, um, I do I do television. I do film. Um, I just finished doing a Broadway workshop, which um, I'm waiting on pins, uh, pins and needles to find out if I get the offer to go. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's where I'll start. So one thing that when when the, the, one of the reasons why James and I were in contact again is that he you know very kindly. Um, took one of my classes. And one thing he said was, I just want you to know that I'm experiencing, you know, a change in my vision, low vision. And I can't be in this class if I, if, if we're going to do cold readings, I really need the sides to be extra, extra big so that I can read them and everything. And it just blew my mind at, in so many ways that as casting directors, we just sort of send out these sides, you know, which I can barely read with my mm-hmm. glasses on. You know, the type is so small. It just sort of blew my mind. Watermarked. So, watermarked water, with a big name. Watermarked. Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. And it just All sort right. of kind of started, James, like a waterfall in my mind, even just my language. Like if I, I think I said you, see you later, you know, or like I start <laughs> using the sort of like this ableist language that I'm not even aware of. Um, it's just so interesting once, and I hate to sound woke, but it is sort of like you kind of take the the blinders kind of come off in a way and you can become a little bit more aware. Um, so, but James, tell us like what the change literally has meant for you in your career. Well, yeah, I mean, like Marigalee mentioned, you know, I, I've, I had a, I had a, I've had a long career and I've, I've been fortunate enough to go into rooms and, and I had, you know, I had my sight and I think, you know, <laughs> in retrospect, I, I knew something was going on many years ago, but it was very slow progression. I'm, I'm similar to Marilee's diagnosis, like you mentioned. I have I have cone dystrophy, just just cone dystrophy. So just my central vision is slowly deteriorating. So you know, it, it starts to show up in very little ways. I'm like, wow, I'm starting to struggle reading that thing a little bit. Uh, wow, the sunlight's a little bright. You know, I think I got to pull my car over and wait for the sun to set. It got, oh, it started wow. to get a little strange. I was like, how oh, do people wow. drive in LA? How do they do this? No idea what was going on. And so I think for me, uh, like Marilee mentioned, I, I never ex- experienced that discrimination, but I knew it existed. And, you know, you, you feel it with, 
so, so many of your friends, you know, and, and especially with diversity, you know, and, and, and so I, I think for me, a real fear popped up in me when I got diagnosed, I, I started to think, man, we, we got to, there's so much destigmatizing that needs to happen with, with blindness and low vision. You know, if I say the word that I, I I'm blind, what are people going to think? What mm-hmm. they're going to think? I can't do this thing. I'm a liability on set. I'm not going to be able to do the things I need to do. Right. Or if I say low vision, what is it? What does that mean to them? And I think there's just this broader need for education, especially across all disabilities. That there is a spectrum. There is a real spectrum, and we don't talk about that. We don't talk about the spectrums of multiple disabilities. So I think I think that you know. It's hard. It's hard to be this person. You know, I, I remember having discussions with Mary Lee when I first started taking a workshop, just being newly diagnosed. I was like, ah, I can't be this advocate person. I, I can't I can't be this person that talks about this right now. I don't know. I'm, I'm just like this thing doesn't feel like it's me. You know, this, yeah. I, it's it's strange to just go right out there and be like, yeah, this is who I am. And, and here's what I'm going to tell people. And and, you know, that that is just really challenging because you don't know the repercussions of something like that. You, right. you, you know, I had to stop and think about it. Like, is this going to, it, cause first of all, it's nobody's business, right? It's nobody's business. What, what you have, you know, right. if, if, you know, if it's, it's up to me to disclose what I have to people. And, and so mm-hmm. I think, you know, dipping, dipping that toe into like self-advocacy is, is a challenge for people. I think, I, I, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm assuming, but I'm speaking for myself, you know, for somebody who got diagnosed with a disability later in life, uh, it, it's quite a challenge because it is a scary, it's a right. scary situation when you think that your disability is going to now affect your living, your, your, your ability to, to live and, and, and earn a living. Right. So, yeah. At the same time, well, we it's a, need it's, to a, it's, it's a new learning process, James, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it is. you know, you've you've lived you've lived your life a certain way for so long. Absolutely. And now you have a new learning process. And anytime you have that, that's that's a little bit confronting for anybody in any way. Absolutely. And and Marily and I are the same in, in that, you know, we have a de- degenerative disease. Mm. So we have to relearn it almost every few years. We have to or I, I don't know how fast hers moves, yeah. but you know, every few years you gotta re you learn how to do things, which is another, you know, frightening thing. I have so you know, much, it's, sorry. Um, well, I was going to say, there's so many things that you just said, James, that I want to jump off of, but I think yeah. that three things popped up, shame, yeah, uh, identity shifting and belief systems. And I think that belief systems are like the foundational, um, are the foundation of, of both of those things, because I feel like even though I've been self-advocating for decades, it's gotten easier, but the industry is still woefully behind. So still, still with the amount of craft that I have and credits that I have, I go into a room and say, hey, um, I need the the sides sent to me in this place. Actually, this is what I'll say without throwing my reps under the bus, even they were, I I shot a film with Pete Davidson earlier this year. And I said, you know, here's my access needs checklist. So I create an access needs checklist Mm -hmm. every time I book something now. And I've changed the word from accommodations. I'm not, I'm not an accommodation. I'm not an extra. I'm actually there present equal to the peers that are on set. Here are my access needs to do the work. And so that we can, we can all understand what we all need to do the work and do the work well. So I have an access needs checklist. And um, it was thorough because I know what I need. It was very thorough. And my reps were like, ah, I don't don't know if we should send this. And I was, you know, they may think, and I said, stop. Their thinking is their business. This is what I need. I will promise you that they will be confronted with their beliefs now about what I am capable of and what I am not capable of. That is their business to reckon with. It is not mine. So it was, it was a hard conversation because, you know, the checklist went out and all of a sudden people are like, wait a minute, we cast somebody who has vision problems. 
Did we make a mistake? And so they all of a sudden, they're all their ableist beliefs rise to the surface really, really fast. That's not my business. That is their own ignorance. Well, sure. But if you, if we don't know what the accommodation, it's a learning curve, right? It's just a huge learning curve. And if we don't know, this is all brand new to us, to anybody, we just need time to be able to go, okay, this is, I mean, I've been in this position before casting actors and boy, believe me, I have championed people and want to get as much diversity in all ways on sets as possible. But even I was not aware when I when you know I cast somebody, oh, they need this. Okay, I, I need this information so I can make it a great um, experience for the actor, a safe experience for the actor, and also help production understand the needs too. Yes. And I want to clarify here something, Lisa, I'm not calling them ignorant for not knowing what I need. Right. I'm calling them. There's ignorance about what is possible for Mm, blind. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where the ignorance is. That's where the belief Uh systems are. And that's Mm. what has to, that's the systematic uh, that's the system that's been constructed. It's, it's, it's not our blindness. It's not our disability. That's actually holding us back. It's the beliefs about them. Yeah, for sure. So So, anyway, education, Marilyn. Yeah. And, and the, and the education is very interesting because often the burden of education is put on us. So we're going Mm. into rooms. Mm -hmm. So non-disabled actors just get to go in the room and they just get to be an artist. Disabled actors have to go in a room and be an artist and an advocate. That is a huge amount to hold. Mm-hmm. We are both mm-hmm. teachers and we're actors, which is why I send the access needs checklist ahead of time. Here's what I need. Boom, 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 boom. Great. We've got that out. And then I will even say in this checklist, these are questions that I welcome. These are questions that I don't. Because sometimes when I go on set, people start doing that morbid curiosity thing and they want to ask me all these questions. And I'm like, let's talk about the work. It's exhausting. exhausting. Let's talk about the work. Let's get in. So, um, but the identity thing. Oh yeah. Go for it. I was going to say, and do you find that there are things that are legally due to you from OSHA, from things that are supposed to be in a workplace that sometimes aren't there or aren't, I keep saying accommodation just because that's the language that I know, yeah. but, but yeah. aren't, you know, you aren't accommodated for, and, and you should be, you're not asking for anything that the the federal government is not saying has to be there anyway. I mean, do you right. find that? Because that's something that I found when I cast a, a disabled actor, a, a, an actor who uses a wheelchair, I was shocked that there were, I just presumed and assumed wrongly that there were trailers that were ADA accessible. I just assumed mm. that. Because why why wouldn't there be? And so it was a real reckoning when I was I was told by my producer, I think you're going to have to fire this actor because we can't find a trailer. And I said, could you just repeat that back to yourself for a minute? Are you yes. for fucking serious? So right, and that's know. that's illegal. No, they could they could be, yeah, I they could have been sued up the wazoo. Not only is it legal, it's just unfucking everything it's on it's it's against everything i could ever call myself a casting director again are you kidding me but anyway um so 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 here's a question then that i have for you too is that like you have two people on this podcast like we could talk about like i want to talk about our artwork clearly however you have two people who are doing this real time Mm-hmm. What do you need to know to support us yeah. and people like us? What do you need to know and the people that are listening to support? Well, for, first of all, just you being here, everybody's minds are just blowing up right now because that's we need you to be for. I'm sorry you're an accidental advocate, Jimmy, but you are, okay? <laughs> um, I need your voice. I need your face. Mm-hmm. I need everything here. But I just need to know, like, you know, if I'm calling James in for something – how, what kind of sides do I need to send you in this is even in this zoom? How do I accommodate you via zoom? Like, I have no idea. Can you see? And like right now, James is nodding at me. Like oh, I have, you know, there's a lot of empathetic listening going on because he can see my, he can see me to a certain extent and is nodding at me and he can see when I'm taking a breath to speak. So I, it's good to know that's where his um, ability is, you know, 
Um, or if I need to accommodate you in, in a different way, especially if I'm your reader, if I'm reading with you in a scene, um, I love to make, I, I, I feel so horrible saying that. I love to make eye contact with people as your reader, just I want to be there for you and I want to help you with the pacing. And so much of that is visual. And I'm just realizing how much I rely on that, you know? So that, I guess I just need to know how, help me help you. And I will do everything I can to make it happen and to educate my colleagues. The CSA, of course, wants to completely accommodate um, and and give you that access checklist. We want it, girl. You're handing yeah. that over to me before the day is out and I'm spend sending it to my colleagues. I'm posting yeah. it. But anyway. First, first and foremost, you know, I, I can give you like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But the question that always should be asked is ask the actor. Do you yeah. have any access needs? If so, what what are they? The question mm -hmm. is not what do you see and what do you not see? Mm -hmm. That is not the question because one, it's it's pretty unanswerable what yeah. I see and what I don't see. And it could change mm -hmm. on a day. Sure. It, we could have a migraine. I could have an ocular migraine and not, you know, see less than what I saw three hours ago. But the question is what access needs do you have? And uh, how can I support those? Great. Right. Good. You need the sides sent in a word doc. Um, typed out because of course we have screen readers. Screen readers cannot read PDFs. Screen readers cannot oh, read right. anything that's watermarked. So when you send mm. out sides that um, are final draft PDFs, any PDF um, that is watermarked or usually final draft, they are not accessible to screen readers. Even watermarked are not accessible to low vision folks. It's too visually hard to, to mm. suss out. So sides need to be typed out into either like a Google Doc or Word. Um, yeah, and that takes a little extra time. And here's the thing about folks are like, why don't you just get somebody to help you with it? We've just lost our independence then. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening is blind actors, blind low vision actors will get sides. Um, it's not accessible. Then they have to spend all this time trying to find a sighted person to read the sides and transcribe them. Sometimes they have to pay that person. Right. So we're at a deficit from the beginning. So by the time that I actually, so I have to reformat all, all my sides. So by the time I start actually working on sides, working on the text of the sides, yeah, right, right. a sighted actor has already got a day ahead of me. Sure. So, so the first thing is ask what actors need when they're in audition rooms. What are your access needs? But sides have to be accessible all the time, all the time across the board. That has to be, and I don't know how to get CSA to do that, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you just, do you? yeah, we just tell people, we just tell them. I mean, it's, it's not hard to, the thing is, you know, we get our sides. So it would just be like a couple extra steps on our part to have, well, we don't have assistants anymore, but we, you know, I would just say, Greg, my assistant, I would be like, okay, can you just cut and paste this into a word document? You ah, know, it just, there you go. Can't cut and paste. So this is what yeah. happens mm. is you, is this is what people will do is, oh, let me just cut and paste this PDF into a word doc. It's uh -huh. still not readable by a screen reader because uh -huh. it's still an image. Yeah. You okay. just copied and pasted an image. Yeah. Images are not readable by screen readers. You have to type it out. Yeah. Right. Uh, you might find, uh, Marilee, I've, I've worked with the uh, PDF format quite a lot. The brand new version, of the very latest version of uh, Creative Suite, which is the overarching um, Adobe um, suite of products, which includes Acrobat, has I'm surprised at how good you can simply export a PDF to Word now, and you might want to just check that out and and just see if that works for you. Um, uh, it might be as simple as that, unless if from a production angle, if it's simply an instruction to one of your staff or someone to say, look, can you just take okay, here's the you know here's the final PDF, but literally in Acrobat Pro, not not the reader, but in Pro, um, file export to Word. I've, I've found extremely uh, surprisingly accurate. It used to be crappy, but they've done a lot mm -hmm. of work on that. So maybe they've improved their accessibility. So that's worth looking into. That's awesome. And that, so, so I just want, so this, this is awesome. And I will look at that, but did you hear what you just did? You mm -hmm. put the burden of accessibility onto me. 
merrily check out this and have your people use this Mm -hmm. rather than, hey, Lisa, we should tell all of our casting people to get Acrobat Pro because then we can better make it accessible to blind and low vision people. Right. But I have no idea if that even works. Only you so can that tell could, me that if could it just works. Be a, yes. That's so why that, he's so, saying you. That's why he's saying, if can you vet this? Tell us, is does this meet your needs? And gotcha. then we can use this, you know, because I can sure. do what I what I can do. Just like just now I said, oh, we can just cut and paste it because yes. that's what I thought would be would would have be helpful and you're educating yes. me and saying well that won't be helpful yes. so so yeah mm-hmm. so it's all we're all on we're all on your team we're all on the yes. team you know? you know and i can and here's the thing too is like i just want to pop in here and say this i haven't done an advocacy podcast in over a year mm. because they're so hard for me yeah. and because i got really sick like physically sick i was doing them almost yeah. weekly but this almost isn't just weekly a, because no. it's so much I care about this so much and I've been living with this for decades and decades. So, so I'm going to jump in at every single moment. Please. Oh my God, do it girl. And so are we, and we just, so we can understand each other. I'm so glad. And please, this is not just an advocacy podcast. I do want to talk about, well, see, this is the thing I want to talk about. Like, what are you watching? And I'm like, can I use the word watching? Do you watch TV? Do you, mm-hmm. I mean, it. I'm just in floundering in waters here, but I'm happy to be floundering because because just tell me, you know, the right word or the right, or, you know, I mean, or maybe you just can listen to great shows and what's your favorite show to listen to and, and, you know, all that. So, and I want to talk about C because that's what James got me all riled up about because he was telling me how you had this role on the Jason, the, the Apple plus streaming show called C that stars Jason Momoa and you are cast on there and you're like, um, excuse me, why the fuck aren't there more blind people on a show that's oh. about blind people? <laughs> so yes, this was Mary Lee. Yeah, that was yes. Mary Lee first uh, yes. uh, cast on it. And then I got on it from from her workshop, from the workshop she built. So, I mean, this is an incredible story. And I think, yeah. you know, it's interesting. And I just want to mention this uh, as somebody who's uh, diagnosed later in life and, and new to their disability. What? But, you know, before, you know, I, I, I was an abled person, you know, and I, and I could see, and I, and I went, I got my training. I I went to DePaul, I got my BFA in acting, never had any issues with my eyesight there. And, and I, you know, I was able to keep up with the training, right? I, Mm -hmm. I I did that school. The crazy thing is they have a new facility now. It's DePaul's in Chicago. And, but the, the building that we used to be in, it was an old elementary school that, that they, that they took over. And this thing was really old. You'd enter the lobby and there were stairs down, stairs mm. up and stairs to the right. Mm. Oh, wow. If you had a wheelchair mm. yeah. and wanted to see a play in our building, not going to happen. No elevator, mm. nothing. It was wow. like immediately smacked you in the face. That, you know, here we are, theater program. Right, and so right. what, what, what I think about a lot is, and, and, yeah, what I think about a lot is, and, and Marilee just did a, a guest star on FBI, FBI's Most Wanted playing a sighted woman. They, they didn't even bring it up. You know, she she did a wonderful job. And and there's, you know, I, as somebody who's got low vision, I'm not looking to play blind people. I'm looking mm-hmm. to play people. I'm looking to play right? characters. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I, I'm lucky enough, and, and, and Marilee as well, uh, we, we're trained. You know, we're trained actors. And to me, there's a systemic problem that we're talking about a lot with this stuff. I think I think there needs to be training, and I think Marilee has a uh, you know her experience on C. Uh, you know, I toss toss it over to her. But yeah. uh, I think I think what I would love to see more of is is access to training. You know, for people with disabilities. I think we're I think we're grossly missing uh, this this issue. And and I think if we're if we're training people with disabilities. You can't, you're not going to be able to ignore these people anymore. Mm-hmm. They're going to show up in rooms mm-hmm. and, and capture those auditions and they're going to blow people away. And they're going to be like, you know what? Yes. The lawyer is in a wheelchair. Done. Absolutely. Yes. You know, yes. Done. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Marilee. Tell, oh, sorry. Jeannie. Go yeah. Ahead. You know, uh, this is, yeah. it's, oh, no, go for it. Oh, Marilee. I was just going to say, I've taken you at your word and, uh, 
in the last 60 seconds or 120 seconds while James was talking, I just took a client PDF that was written in Word and sent to me as a PDF, and I've exported it, stripped out the um, the uh, the watermark background, and I've sent it to you and James uh, as a Word doc. So uh, at some point, you can just have a look at that and just let me know if, uh, in fact, that worked or not. Wonderful. So, anyway, carry cool. on. Was was it originally a Word doc or final draft? No, it was originally written in Word and then transformed into PDF and sent to me as a PDF. Yeah. And then I've opened it in Acrobat and sent it back to um, to, to Word doc and, and stripped. They had put a watermark and I just, uh, one wow. of the settings is remove graphics and watermarks. So I did that. Incredible. I bet That's you great. that is going to work well. Try it with final draft. Well, that's the Try thing. So, so final draft for, for the for the civilians out there who are listening. What is that? Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, I don't it's know a, what that is. Yeah. So it's a software program that every writer in Hollywood uses to write their scripts and it automatically formats it in this way that is so hard to recreate when you're trying to do it um, yourself, mm. which I have, you're like tab, tab, tab. Space, space, space. Anyway, um, it puts it oh, in yeah, format, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so Into oftentimes, format. yeah, yeah. So right. if a writer sends me something in in a final draft, they've P, they PDF it because I don't have final draft. Pro very few casting yep. directors do, and so yeah, so yeah. But these are just logistics, folks. These <laughs> are just like we can, you know, put a people on the moon and put Jason Momoa in a, you know. <laughs> in outer space mm. or wherever C takes place, then we can figure out how to, you know, adjust these software. Glitches. It's just a matter of doing it because we've yeah. been trying for a very, very, very long time. I still face it every, every single audition. I still face this. So it, it may sound easy and ultimately it is, but the implementation is challenging yes. to actually get mm. right. But it can Going be Going back to look, yeah. Going back yeah. to training, it's yeah. very interesting. Like I fully agree, James, of course, right? <laughs> of course. Um, it's circular though, right? Because why don't, so, so, okay. So let's break this down really quickly. Is that, so training programs, there's, there's different layers to why blind and low vision and disabled folks aren't getting trained. One, they're not getting let into the programs. There's just that aspect. Why are they not getting let into the programs? Because the people that are running the programs are often um, saying, we want people that are marketable, especially conserva uh, conservatories or any of the, the BFAs, BAs, conservatory BAs, BFAs, or MFA programs. So they're looking for people who are actually going to work. What do they judge that on? People who are actually already working, right? who they actually are seeing mm -hmm. on the screen right now, who's actually getting cast right now. So are blind, low vision people actually getting cast right now? So people in conservatories, and I, the reason I can speak about this is because I talk to these people all the time and they tell me very frankly, why aren't they accepting certain people into conservatories? Well, there's no jobs for them. Now, why don't you think there's jobs for them? Because sighted and non-disabled people are actually getting cast as those characters. So one, there's no jobs for them. And there's cachet for, for programs that have students to go out and get jobs. It's, it adds cachet to their schools, right? And then they get more funding. Mm -hmm. Then of course you have the level of the actual, if, if you're actually led into these programs, then the actual training itself is inaccessible. And that's, one of the areas that I'm working in right now is just is changing the ped ped pedagogical approach to training so it's not visually biased. And right. I've been doing this work for a very, very, very long time. And it evolves every single person that I work with because blindness is not a monolith. It is a mammoth spectrum and everybody's needs are different. Right. So, um, so a is it lot getting of, better, Marilyn? Um, in is terms of training programs? Uh, it's but slowly just, just getting generally in the industry. Yeah. Well, there's more characters that are being written for disabled actors for sure. And there's, um, than ever, are we still at a level of other marginalized groups? Not even close, but it is getting better. Mm. It is getting better. But the point We're... is you don't want to only have characters that are written towards a disability. Absolutely. And that's, that, that's right. the message that, right. you know, as I've said before, CBS is just such an amazing 
network and studio to work for. And every single year, every casting director went through inclusivity and diversity training. And that was just hammered home. It's like, look for any, look for the roles. Like, you know, you know, if I, there was a role for a reporter and because it was all in one set, and it didn't have to be, in, uh, you know, outside, you know, with a lot of obstacles. I thought that would be the perfect role for an actor who who used a wheelchair because um, it would be very easy to shoot them in that, you know, it just would it would just really work. But I always wanted to cast um, a deaf medical examiner. I thought that would be so awesome, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but there was always this budget, like, well, if we have a deaf medical examiner, then we have to have a translator. You know, there are all these other but but buts that that come up against it. But anyway, my mm -hmm. point is is that we want to be inclusive to all kinds of roles, not just those that are are written towards a particular disability. Um, mm -hmm. Well, those butts, yeah, it's so, so I, hard I to hear you say that. I know. It's so hard. I know. I know. Lisa, when yeah. you say but, 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 do you realize that that is, that is our livelihood? I know that. That That's is my I, livelihood. Yes. We want to hire yes. merrily, but we can't, but we won't, I should say. Not can't, but we won't because we have not created a budget line Absolutely. for accessibility. Absolutely. Budget and this lines a, have, yes. yes this it's, is a fight that so I had painful. so many times with my producers. And I'm like, we look at the 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 cost of the suit on that actor. That's an Armani suit that costs God knows how much. Really? We can't, you know, but but in some ways it has to come from the top down. It can't come from me because I have, you know, casting directors don't have that much power and we can only be the squeaky wheel so long until they're like, well, we don't really want to work with her anymore, do we? You know, it really has to come from creative down to say, yes, we are having these line items in our budget um, to to provide access, but they don't know about it until people like you, Marilee, I'm sorry, you got to get out, you know, until they hear you, until they hear this podcast and, and their eyes uh, metaphorically are opened to what is needed. Um, but, but, but it is getting better. It will get better. You know, I, I yeah. do know that. I do know. That. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You mentioned CBS too, you know, and I know a lot of the studios are signing. Um, I, don't, I don't know what they're calling them, I guess, initiatives, disability initiatives that they're all agreeing to cast people with disabilities. Right. And yes, um, I think I, I was going through the CBS Paramount disability initiative and I was getting pretty excited about it. I was like, oh, wow. Uh, I, I was reading the breakdown on it and they said that, you know, we're, we want to, you know, we're going to do open calls. We're going to mm -hmm. find these people and then we're going to give them workshops, just like I got the opportunity to do with Marilee with her, with her workshop uh, and, and do this training. And I was like, oh, wow, this is great. This is going to be, you know, <laughs> workshops catered to people with disabilities and, and help them get more comfortable on camera and, and mm -hmm. learn what it's like on set. And, and then they had these like panel discussions that you're going to be able to do. And then I, you know, I, I talked to my manager about this, and I, and I, and this is kind of recently. I said, "Hey, what, what's going on with this? Did they, did they, did they bring people into this? You know, because I think it started last year, so mm -hmm. they've already gone through their first, you know, their first year here, and and so he found the breakdown for it, and and it was, I was, I was a little disappointed to see that what they did here was mm -hmm. that they lumped disability in with diversity." And mm -hmm. so the breakdown yep. was, yep. we're looking mm -hmm. for everybody, African-American, yep. Asian, blah, 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 disabilities. And it just became this thing that I just started picturing. And I was like, okay, so now, now, there, now minority groups are just all the same, right? When we're just mm -hmm. going to bring them all into this workshop oh, and wow. somebody with a wheelchair or whatever, or disability, you know, isn't going to have the, the type of access and, and, and needs met you know, it's, it's, they're just going to get passed over in this thing. They're not going to get the proper training, you know? And, and I really, you know, I'm not totally one to speak on what I experienced. I mean, I can't speak on it. Uh, uh, the, the access acting Academy that, that merrily started for, for people with blind and low vision. And, and, you know, it, it came from her being on set of C and talking to producers and saying, Hey, where are the blind actors? Right. And and they said, well, we we looked, we looked, and and we couldn't find. You know, we 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 read people, 
but they just didn't have that, you know, that ability to do this work because it, it's also a craft, right? And 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 so Marilee says, hey, give me the money and I'll start something. Right. And 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 that's what happened. Apple gave the money and we and she started this amazing. thing. Amazing. It's incredible. Amazing. And and we and we got a theater in in Hollywood and we went in and we and we made this theater work for us, right? We we got we got we were the dark stage and we put white tape down so we could, you know, people with really low vision, we like high contrast things, right? Darks and sure. whites. And so we put tape down to help us like move freely about the space. Um and and it's just on and on with the things that we did to help us free ourselves up to do the work freely. Right. And, and that's the kind of training that needs to happen. You know, exactly that, specific. Yes. It's systemic yes. issues. And yeah. so how are we going to fix this problem if we're not training people with disabilities? Yeah. It, you know, uh, that is so, that. you know, that those division, the diversity initiatives. So I hate to, jump on this again because I really want to talk about the gorgeous work yeah. but um like none of them were accessible mm-hmm. the actual application processes wow. were not accessible to blind people <laughs> oh, wow not a single Disney mm. Paramount um there was another one through somewhere else not a single one wow. I actually uh went through all the processes to to not to actually be in it, but I wanted to see where the stops were. And I was like, mm. you can't even get past the website. Oh gosh. So it is mm. accessible access, access, Ask, yes. access. Yes. You yes. cannot talk and say we are all about diversity and inclusion and not even have an accessible website. Mm-hmm. So that we can't even access the information. It is, it is when we talk when we talk systemic, it is systemic. When I was on C, um, mm. and I don't want to talk about C too much because it was an incredibly painful experience. But oh. I met so many incredible people, and I want to say that I made a lot of friends, and the the appropriation was so profound that um there was a lot of trauma involved. They spent millions of dollars for a movement team to teach sighted people how to pretend to be blind. And the question that I had for Apple, because as soon as I I saw what was going on, just the way you can feel this and how I'm like in this conversation, right? I went to the top. I'm nobody, right? I'm nobody on this set. I went right to the top, made friends with the showrunners, introduced me to the top, 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 top. And I said, you're spending all this money on teaching sighted people how to appropriate blindness? Give me money and I will create some training and give you some actors. So they did and for that time. And uh, and Marilee, mm-hmm. can you just tell us briefly, what is C about? What is the premise? The premise is future, future Earth, a plague has actually come through and made everybody blind and they're figuring out how to live, but they've somehow as because they're blind now, everybody has gone back to like being villagers and living in villages, making, making their houses with pieces of wood and such. Um, it was a, it's a, it was a very exciting, what I will say is there was a lot of warriors and that was very exciting because we've never seen blind warriors. I was really excited to actually see a blind warrior, but, um, most of them were sighted people pretending to be blind. Um, but, uh, it's, it's a futuristic world. It's very exciting. Jason's in it. A a lot of sighted people love it. James is in it, you mean? Uh, Jason Momoa's in it. Oh, sorry. That's what I meant. And James, excuse me. Yes, I should. Because they are, James, you, you can't James tell. Is totally in this. It all comes back yeah. to me, really. Yeah. yeah. James, yeah. James yeah. is there, in it. There is, there is this guy called Jason Momoa who's kind of in it a bit, but that's not the, that's yeah. not the main yeah. thing. The main thing, James is in it. Okay? Yes, so. James is in it. Uh, I was in the first season and um, that was another thing that I was like hammering, which I don't, they, they never did. Um, but I was... Uh, Hammering Apple going, you have you, all your blind series regulars you've cast with sighted people. So as a blind person, how am I actually going to make a career 
You've mm. given those sighted actors financial stability, cachet, experience on set, networking. You've given them everything. They've taken our roles. You've given them everything. And we're still scrapping. So it's it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's hard out there. so but, hard. Yeah. Sitting here, Mary Lee, actually yeah. quite staggered about the fact that the application processes for each of those um, uh, locations that you mentioned, that the websites weren't accessible. And, and what staggers me about that is, A, it's bad enough. Uh, it's just so incredibly um, I was going to say short-sighted, pun, pun, um, so incredibly stupid. But also 20 years ago, I back in the day, I, I had part of my job was as, as a uh, interactive CD-ROM designer. So there's a oh. job that's gone the way of uh, of, uh, of the whip and buggy makers, right? That's a long time ago. So <laughs> the CD-ROM. I know, CD-ROM. Yeah, 80s, baby. Yeah, yeah no, it was a bit later than like 2000 or 2001. But anyway, we were commissioned by Australia's largest telco, the kind of equivalent of Marbell. And, and it was to put together a CD-ROM, which was for their Telstra services for sight-impaired people. So I had no blind and visual impaired. What do I know about that? Nothing. So we worked with the um, – as part of that contract, I subcontracted the Royal Victorian Institute of the Blind, the RVIB, which in Victoria is the sort of peak blind, um, uh, you know, support body, and all of the discs that we that we manufactured, the samples that we, you know, the iterations that we believed that as sighted people were conforming to W3C standard, which was at the time, you know, that. But I ran that through them, and we ran like twenty versions of that through them until they said, "Yep, that's all screen reading upright. It's all working right. It's all good. It's all good." Blah blah. Okay, and I felt good about that, but that was 20 years ago. So for me to hear from you today that that website, that those websites are not compliant, it's just, that's depressing. To me, and it's frankly. lazy. Annoying. It's lazy. Yes, lazy. It is lazy. Yeah. And it, and what it, what it speaks to is, whether it's lazy, I, I may take that back. I think what it speaks to is that we actually aren't considered. Mm. People don't even think about it. We're not actually considered well it's so, the, peop- the people in power are not disabled that's that's what right. it all comes down yeah. to that <laughs> when you have somebody at the top who understands the experience and understands the needs then it's amazing how quickly things can change and be addressed yeah but it's right now it feels like optics right it's just that's a lot of optics until, until mm. you, you know but i know like- uh, but i please believe me when i say from my little corner of the world that you know so many of us want to be doing the right thing and we want to be supporting you and we love you and we i mean i watched yeah. your scenes merrily you know on sea and you were fantastic yeah. and of course and i've i've looked at your other uh, you know other things so you know what people need to know, and this is this is the thing I was getting at when you were talking about um, the entry point uh, in programs in in training programs. If people, if if y- those young actors out there don't see themselves, pardon me, using the seat, you know, see themselves or perceive themselves, then they don't know that they can be it. If you can't see it, then you can't be it. So I would counter. I bet there are very few blind, legally blind, and low vision actors auditioning i i'm a faculty member at ucla and at pace university i would i would crave to get my hands on uh, actors of you know disabled actors in in my classes and Mm -hmm. and learn and learn what i don't know and then teach them what i do fucking know so um i i just think that the more that you and james and other actors can be out and proud and saying i'm here I'm doing it. I'm acting. I'm professional. And the more that we can support you and keep casting you and casting you and casting you, then you're going to see more of a pipeline. You're going to see more people demanding to be in those, to be demanding access to those programs. And those doors are going to fly open. Because, I mean, just to to be shrewd for a second, what program doesn't want to have, you know, the first blind actor to win an Academy Award and they came out of our program? You know, I mean, I think it's also it's also just good economics when you when you break down that I think it's 26 percent of the U.S. population has a disability. Twenty six percent. That is a large market. You know, right. it, you know, 
there is there is a very missed opportunity here just on the economic mm. level more right. representation that that just that just breaks open a new bank bank account for them for, for hollywood but i think more that we can support your training program merrily would be fantastic and to have the the studios use your training program mm. in their diversity efforts and inclusion efforts would be so important we need would... a new version of coda lisa yeah <laughs> that's right this is this is I feel like that this is the evolution of AC3. I've, I've, I took some time off from um, that's what I'm calling it now. Uh, Access Acting mm-hmm. Academy AC3 um, is that I'm not only going to be offering classes again in 2023, but I'm going to be offering training to teachers. And I'm industry. signing up. I want to sign up. Awesome. I will be so, your first student. <laughs> yes, great. Please. Um, that's awesome. So that's because there's so many people. I can't tell you how many emails I get from. Uh, so I consult too on high levels, low levels, all around, and so many emails going. How, we've got a blind student. What do we do? And I can't address every single person. And I realize that at this point, what I can do is teach you how to teach, but in larger groups. Mm. So, so that teach so that everybody doesn't need to come to AC3. We can go to UCLA, USC, Yale, oh, DePaul. So- we can go to all these places. Mm. So let me teach you how to teach them. Oh, um, so that's something so that we're working on right now to develop in 2023, if we can get budget. Well, I will, yeah, right? I, will, I will help you in any way possible. Let's talk about the acting now. I want to talk, I want you to talk about any favorite roles that you've done and, and any shows, movies. I mean, what lights your fire? What gets you so excited? And do you binge? I binge, you know, I'm up all night if I'm into a show binging. Like what is, what lights you up? Go for it, James. Me. Okay. Well, uh, what do I, I mean, I, I eat everything Gordon Ramsay, unfortunately. Uh, I gotta, it's, it's too much. It's too much. It's way too much. He does too much. He needs to go home. He works too much. Uh, uh, but I also, I love, uh, White Lotus. I love my White yes. Lotus. So oh my I'm, God. New season out now. Crazy. And then, uh, and then for me, for me, I think the best thing that's ever been on television, best thing that's written Acting, dialogue, uh, costumes, everything, the crown. The crown crown. is the most incredible achievement in television history. I think it's just the the level of specificity and depth that's going on in that show. Yeah. Mm. I I don't know if people understanding it can appreciate it. They really need to step back and look at at the body of work that 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 show has created. And it's just, Mm. it's fabulous to me. I, I cannot believe that I still haven't seen an episode. I feel so. I, I'm gonna have to. I wish I was you, because then I. Yeah, yeah. It's I feel like like when Severance came out, I was like, mm. "What is this?" Mm. Oh, I love that. Oh my god. Yeah, we we we, we, was, we did a whole episode on that. It was just we incredible. did a whole episode on that. Oh, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, it just blew me. It just that unique. It was like Incredible. an existential ex- exercise to watch that show. Uh, I feel like I've done, I just got back in the theater after five years because I've been doing mostly on camera stuff and I've been really enjoying the on camera work. Like I did my first horror film with Pete Davidson earlier in the year and it was wild and wonderful. Um, but I just got back on stage. I am, I am hungry to get back on stage. Yeah. I'm really like the live the breath, James, you know, like the, just, there's nothing like having somebody respond in real time with a, Oh yeah. Like Mm. it just, I can just feel it tingling through my whole body. So feel the air in the room change. Yeah. It's so, it's so different. Yeah. I agree. So whether this one works out or not, I'm sure I'm looking to be back on stage soon as well as more on camera stuff. So and James, anything Yay. going on for you? What's your next thing? Well, honestly, I'm a new daddy, so <laughs> I am. Uh, I, I'm really. I'm. I'm doing the daddy thing right now. So, yeah. uh, but I. But I. I think my episodes of C just dropped um, this past season. Uh, so check me out there. Don't blink. Don't blink. Because you know, <laughs> uh, it's very dark. It's merely 
probably remember they, they, they everything's just dark and it's like you're just in a shadow and it's a little bit of light cut across your eye so that's me the, the guy with the light cut across his eye there <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. I'm sure that you will be in many, many auditions. Well, everything's on Zoom now. So, you know, you're going to be right. in many audition Zoom rooms. I know both of you well. And you're going to be in my Zoom rooms, in my Ooh. audition Zoom rooms, because I want. Oh, I see a baby in the back. What? Photo bomb. Oh, the baby. baby just showed up. The baby just show showed up. Oh, oh, that's there's a baby. baby and mama. There's baby oh, and mama. Yeah. Oh, yes. hello. Oh, sweet one. Hi. You don't dole them out for free, guys. Sorry. You got to pay for it. Yeah. No, that's 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 sleep deprivation right there. I've got I've got three. They're all adults now, but we've been through that. We had three under four, so we knew about a little bit of sleep deprivation. Well, you two, is there anything else that you can any little nuggets of wisdom? Anything else I need to know? You've already blown my mind so many times in this hour, and I'm so grateful to you. And I hope it wasn't too traumatic to try to re-educate uh, me <laughs> um but i and I, so, I mean i'm always learning too so i'm you know it's, but it's i so always, appreciate you yeah. your patience and everything but anything what anything else you want to leave any parting words or thoughts for our audience oh, man. you know this is i feel like it's so okay this will this will be my parting word and thought is that when you bring in a disabled actor for any role, you are bringing in an incredible complexity of life experience, an expression and imagination that doesn't exist when you're not in a disabled body. Other things exist, but there are, there are incredibly unique, gorgeous expressions that folks with disabilities have and just are and use. And when you bring that in, it, honestly, it can be undeniable, really, Absolutely. truly undeniable. So I encourage everybody, just like what you said, Lisa, I encourage all the casting folks to call in disabled actors for every role at least one disabled actor for every role, unless the unless that character's non-disabled aspect is important to the story. Cast, bring in disabled actors. Let yes. them knock your socks off. Absolutely. Let them have the experience of auditioning so they can build that muscle that, that non-disabled actors have been able to build over these many, many years. Just get us into the room. Yeah. yeah. James? And get us the training, the training, guys. You know, yeah. I, I think that it just, I'm, I'm pounding my fist constantly about this problem. It's a systemic, a systemic problem. We, we really got to like, we got to make the access from the bottom come to the top. I would not be here without having gone to DePaul and gotten the training I got. I did a showcase. I got an agent out of it, right? And I, it, it just, my network has helped me get to so many places from my school it just has to happen, you know? So we, we really got to do, you know, if we're going to, can't just, we can't just keep talking about it. You know, I think, I think just, I think the, 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 it, it does seem to be like optics a lot. And I just think that the, the money talks, right. The, we got to, once we start seeing that money pushed into these training programs, we can really train these people with disabilities and, and they can, they can show up like, like I mentioned and, and nail these roles. There's, you know, they're not, uh, you know, they're not predisposed. They're not having talent because they're disabled. You know, they are real people who, with life experiences and, and, and humanity. And they're, they're here to, to, to knock the world over, you know? Absolutely. We need you. We need you. We need you on our stages. We need you on our pages and on our screens. So thank you both so much for coming and speaking your truth, speaking the truth. Um, and for now, Dini, anything before we sign off? No, I just think this is, I, I sort of approach this a little bit nervously because I don't have any experience myself i just personally don't know any my, i don't have any friends or family who are blind or vision impaired and in the, my real job of being a 
live event producer. I, I don't have crew and cast that are in that. So I wasn't quite sure how I was going to have this conversation. And I'm just so blown away by how revealing it's been and the way it's made me change the way I think and merrily calling me on a few things, you know, here and there um, as, as the conversation unfolded. So I'm really glad to have, to have had it. And it's, it's, I, it's just been um, very revealing. So um, thank you. Thank you both of you so much and for your advocacy. Thank you for being receptive. That's huge. Absolutely. It's been an honor. All righty. That's our show for today. For now, this is Killer Casting signing off. Killer Casting is a concept created by her, Lisa Zambetti. It is produced by me, Dean Laffin. Logo art by my beautiful wife, April Laffin. Audio editing by him, Sean at Choice Voice productions.com and our theme music we are beautiful comes from them that would be hollywood legends amphibious zoo music until next time killer casting out